Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. What is up, ladies and gentlemen of the interwebs of the interworld, not the metaverse, because we're not communists or, or or something. I don't know. Guys, thank you so much for checking out the episode of Standing Brothers Show, episode number 140, the big 140, if that's a thing. But we're making it a thing. It is Dang it, now. right now it's a thing. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Standing Brothers Show, welcome back. I'm your host as always, joined by my co-host. That went well. That one was beautiful. Guys, how you doing? Hope you're having a great week. Hope you're ready for a great weekend. Um, I wanted to start today's podcast off with a bit of poetry, um, seeing as today is the day. Um, so here we go. It's Friday, Friday. Oh, shut up. Gotta get down on Friday. Everyone looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everyone looking forward to the weekend. Partying, partying, Yeah. Partying, partying, yeah. Fun, 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 fun. We're having so much fun. If that doesn't speak to you on a deeper level and give you a better understanding of your life and the world around you and possibly give you meaning in your life, then I don't know what will. Um, so you're, you are welcome for that, for that um, little bit of poetry. Um, but yes, today's the big Friday episode. If that speaks to you on a spiritual level, you are you are possessed by a demon. What if you listen to Lear? <laughs> Imagine how shallow your um, music taste is where Rebecca Black's Friday is like, wow, this is some deep lyricism here. It speaks to me on a spiritual level. I guess if you only listen to instrumental music. But then again, any words at all. But then again, I think that I think that um, a random tweet has more intellectual. um, Oh, just a random word generator. You know, like we the predictive texts that you. Yeah. Okay. So you could do a predict. You could just type in I, and then just do the auto-generated text. Yeah. Probably some more cohesive. I wonder if someone ever read a song just based off of the auto. I think people have, and it's actually uh, kind of interesting because sometimes it, it does form – like one sentence will be an actual sentence, and the rest of it is just a bunch of nonsense. I guess you'd have to have determination when to, when to cut because I don't think it like gives you a period or a question mark or like a way to end a sentence in those predictive texts. So I guess you'd have to so. you'd have to use some – some linguistic judgment. Some creative hip take a creative license of when to end the sentence or it's not just be one big long <laughs> sentence. It's it is one five hundred word stanza, okay? It's art. Get over it. It's art. Um anyway. Uh so you took something that was supposed to be serious and turned it into a uh uh just nonsense now. You see, you see, it's the old it's the old late night formula. You take it and then you spin it around, then you wiggle the tie and then you spe- and then you point to the guest, and then you point to the band, and the band plays this, plays that jazz singer, that Dan. Mm-hmm, I don't think so. Yes, yeah. So the jazz band will, will will then play a minor seventh chord, and then it just kind of just Dan. So, uh, um, I, I don't know. Uh, so we haven't covered extensively, like we have other things. Is what's going on with Canada? In uh, uh, what's his name Trudeau, the 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 little we di- talked about that briefly on Monday. The little dictator Trudeau, yes, uh, who is uh, uh, 
who thinks that the the freedom convoy and the freedom uh, of of the truckers uh, for not wanting to get the jab or, or go along with the force mandates and everything is is really cracked down. And if you watch Tucker Carlson every night, you you he is chronologically uh, going through all of it, uh, all along the way, showing how the Trudeau is a dictator and what he is doing. Something that caught my eye as I was uh, looking into this, is that Canada is not going to be freezing cryptocurrency wallets that are associated with the Freedom Convoy. Now, uh, the, the, one of the biggest selling points for crypto was the fact that this is not not supposed to happen. They are not supposed to be able to do this. But how are they? I'm, I'm, I'm curious about how they're able to do it, actually. That's what I, that's what I want to know. Because when I, heard this, like, when I heard this, I said, how is this even possible? This is not supposed to be possible, but according to um, uh, according to uh, to the Ontario Pro- Provincial Cat Police and Royal Canadian Mounted Police ordered that all transactions going through regulated Canadian financial firms be halted. Federal authorities are also investigating all donations to be made in support of the co- of the convoy. Uh, CoinDesk has reported that Bitcoin, Ethereum, Litecoin, Mon- Mon- Monero. Yeah, and Cordano wallets are all on a list of, of being sanctioned. How how is this possible? How, how how can I thought cryptocurrencies weren't were not be able we're not supposed to be able to be uh, censored or restricted in such a way? The only way I could see them doing that is if you have a crypto wallet with a corporation like a Coinbase or like Robinhood. If you're trying to send crypto that way, um, but if you have it on cold storage or you have it just like on a computer hard drive, I don't know how they're able to stop that in transaction or, the, or how they're able to freeze crypto that's saved on a hard drive. Like if I have crypto on a thumb drive, then I don't know how they're able to block that or block block my wallet from, from, taking, transi- from taking transactions and, and um, sending money. It only makes sense if you have, like, I have a wallet with a Coinbase. Now, I could imagine them stronger in Coinbase and being like, hey, you got to shut down Jacob's wallet. That I could that I could see. But even there still, though, this is no different, in my mind, than what they do with Michael and Dell and his bank. It's mm-hmm. no different. The debanking of these people, of Michael and Dell, whatever, whatever you think of the pillow guy um, is irrelevant. He's slippers now. Oh, he sells sheets, too. Uh, I also saw a, a story, I don't know if it's true or not, that he's actually going to uh, airdrop pillows because his trucks were blocked over the border. What? You can't make this stuff up. Uh, but the the idea that, that the government can just come in and say, you know, you can no longer do business with these with these particular people because of things that they are doing is so outrageous. And why anyone would, would willingly go along with this shows the, heat, the, the sheep mentality of these folks. It's because what, what what Trudeau is doing is he is a dictator. Now, it's not in the same vein as like a Hitler or a Stalin or a Mao. It's more progressive. It's more inclusive of how he's going about this. So, um, there, there, I, don't, I don't know what else to say other than, than, than keep up the fight, folks, of the convoy folks. Because uh, even, even uh, the good old Elon Musk is tweeting... Uh, tweeting out pictures of Hitler. It's, you know, it's that picture of Hitler when he's leaning against that uh, thing or whatever, and it says, stop comparing me to Justin Trudeau. I had a budget. <laughs> Elon Musk is tweeting that. 
So the most powerful, richest man in the world is tweeting that that the uh, the, the soy boy uh, who got slapped by his no, that was Macron. The, the the kid, the blackface guy, is now becoming the dictator, and it just seems that we're all supposed to forget that that Justin Trudeau w- appeared in blackface, a, pro- a culturally appropriated uh, what the Indian culture, yeah, the Indian like, uh, like traditional traditional wear for a man. Like he did all of those things, but because he you know he's fighting COVID, whatever that means. Uh, he's putting an end to the uh, to these misogynist, racist, Trump supporter, Russian backed you know, convoy that he is the hero now. Again, I don't know uh, what the Canadian Constitution or the equivalent says about what the Prime Minister can do, but I can guarantee you he can't be doing he that. cannot be doing what he's doing uh, because just basic human rights and basic rights as 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 human beings would dictate that. Uh, Kicking people off of cryptocurrency platforms and debanking people and ripping old people out of their cars because they honked their horn—that's uh, tyrannical. And to say otherwise is is idiocy. You cannot hold the position well. He's he's saving us from COVID while while throwing us into the concentration camp. You can't say that. And people, I saw a, an article on Zero Hedge that was saying that if uh, if if Trudeau really goes after and starts to uh, rip truckers out of their out of their trucks and start hauling away trucks he's going to uh, politically fracture the country and it will become like america uh that's possibly true um there's nothing nothing that he can do um well no i don't I, I, there's nothing he there's no way that he can handle the situation that's not going to fracture it because yeah. if he does, if he does nothing, then then, they, then his supporters are like, well, why aren't you stopping these Russian-backed militia members? And if he does do something, then then oh well, you know he's fracturing the country because. But he's, I think he's getting way more. I think that the truckers have have a lot more support than what he's giving them credit for. Um, the fact that you're seeing solidarity pro- protests all over the world, you're seeing like the yellow vests in France, you're seeing in Australia, you're seeing it in the UK, you're seeing a lot of solidarity and sitting in America. You know, you're seeing an American convoy start um, to show to show um, like solidarity with them. So I think that he's underestimating just how popular they really are. Did you see that um, the press conference that he gave whenever he was like, you know, you've been heard, your voice has been heard, but it's time to go home now. It's not for you to decide. Now, some people are saying, well, you cannot block the free movement of people that are not involved in this. Uh, people that want to cross the bridge because they live in the U.S. or they live in Canada or uh, just the, the free the free travel of other folks. I understand that argument and I get it. Some people are saying that, that what the what the truckers are doing is wrong because they're blocking other people's freedom to move about. I, I understand that, but the situation we are facing here or that the Canadians are facing here is much larger than just the free movement of other people. The idea that the Canadian government can say. Either you get vaccinated or you lose your job. That's a bigger deal than people not being able to go to their favorite coffee shop or whatever. That's a bigger deal than that. It's still not right, and I still don't necessarily agree with it, but there are bigger problems here. And I get the people who are making the argument, oh, well, they're, you know, both sides are restricting the freedom of movement. Y- yes, that, that is somewhat true. Um, but at the same time, we can't allow this to go on. We cannot allow the, – the, the, the truckers cannot allow the Canadian government to decide 
um, their health for them. They cannot make that choice for them. So two things can be true at the same time. Um, I, I get the people who are making that argument, but I think this might be the wrong time to make that argument uh, because, well, there are bigger problems at stake here. The idea, whenever, the, whenever someone engages in deep uh, platforming and deep banking someone uh, all while they're protesting, and then you come along and say, hey, don't block the road, I think you're missing the point here. Now, in the past, have I railed against people who blocked roads like when BLM tried to block interstates and stuff like that? Yeah, because uh, the people who are on the interstate have nothing to do with what's going on with between BLM and the police or whatever. But at the same time, though, as the left has showed us, that blocking roads works. Like all throughout Canada, they are lifting or are starting to lift restrictions, mandates, whatever. So it is working. And we can thank the left, say, hey, thank you for this strategy that works. Thank you for showing us that, that, that this works. We will now use it against you. Because for the longest time, it was the left using it against the right or the left using it against the, the establishment of authority. And the authority would always cave. Well, now we're going to use their own, their own strategies against them. And, and look at how they're acting now. No longer are... You know, when, we, when they did it, we saw these people are anarchists. They're uh, blocking the free movement of people. And now look at how the roles have flipped. Now the left is saying about the right that the right is their insurrectionists or whatever. So it, 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 it's a, kind of a taste of your own medicine to some degree, even though what, we're, what the Canadian truckers are fighting for, the people on the right and Canada are fighting for, is body autonomy and, and, and freedom. It's what they're fighting for. Not for equality in the use of pronouns, which is idiocy and nonsense, but actual saying, no, you know, you cannot take my job away if I don't get your medical procedure. That's, there's a big difference there. So, I don't know. Well, to, to, well back to the, when you're talking about blocking roads, um, you know, we, we talked about that a little bit over summer in 2020. And again, um, people who were um, in favor or who championed on the Black Lives Matter protest, um, they weren't too concerned about um, blocking roads. They're like, oh, it's a, it's a protest, you know? You know, why are you more concerned about blocking roads than you are about police brutality, Jacob? Um, people use that argument against me. I don't really have an issue per se with um, blocking roads. Um, however, I will say this. If you're going to run out in the, in, into the interstate... <laughs> And get hit by a car. That's your own fault. That's your own fault. If you're going to block a city block with people and you get run over, that's your own fault. You know, you know, you know these consequences. That's I'm more concerned about your own personal the safety of both people versus the the argument of whether or not you're allowed to um, freely move. Um, that's what I'm more concerned about. And, and if somebody does, you know, hit you, um, I think that you're at fault in that situation. I don't think you I don't think you should be allowed to like if you um I know there was a video of um some some BLM protesters that were blocking a road. I think it was in Arizona or it was in, it was in Arizona, I think. And um a guy just ran just like ran through him and, and hit a bunch of them. I don't think he severely injured any of them, but you know, I I don't think you should be held um I don't think that that a driver should be held responsible because you were blocking a, you know, a, the the road and you're not supposed to be on um and the truckers know that risk 
going into that. They know that there's that there's that their semis could be damaged by the government, that could be damaged by police. Um, so I, I think that you can still hold both positions completely fine without having to do a million mental gymnastics. Um, the thing about Trudeau that I don't know if you saw that that I was talking about. There was that um, there was that video where he was addressing them. And he's like, you know, we've heard your piece, but it's time to go home now. And if you don't go home, then we're going to lock you up. We're going to fine you and we're going to make it impossible for you, for, you, for you to work again in this country or leave this country because because we're going to um, like revoke your, your passport. You, 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 know, you know what that sounds like? That sounds like, hey, you know what? You're going you, you're gonna to shut up now and nothing bad going to happen, okay? You, you, you're going to go home and nothing bad's going to happen, okay? But if you don't and you don't want to comply, bad things going to happen to you. Maybe you'll wake up and both your kneecaps are shattered. Maybe. Maybe that might happen. I don't know. <laughs> maybe you're maybe you walking home one day and you fall down some stairs. That might happen. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, wouldn't, know, I, I wouldn't know anything about that, but maybe that might happen. But or just shut up. No, okay? or, or it's like, it's um, time to shut up now. Or it's like that scene from Seinfeld when Newman says if you go against the, the Postal Service, one day you'll be walking <laughs> down the street and two men will get out of a van dressed all in black and they will take you away. <laughs> well, that's what it sounds like. It sounds, it, sounds like. it sounds like a mob boss. Like, okay, we heard you. And now it's time to go home, okay? If you don't go home, bad things are going to happen to you. Maybe, maybe you'll wake up and you're going to take a bath one day. Maybe you don't leave that bathtub. Maybe that happens to you. Maybe, maybe a toaster fall from a the roof. A toaster fall from the roof and land into your bathtub. Maybe that might happen, okay? I don't know. I'm just saying. Just just, just be careful out there. The, it, the, if you, I know that people in the libertarian and the, in the anarchist circles use the idea of the mafia and that that they're just that the state is this mob what better example did you have trudeau never sat down with the truckers and said hey i want to hear your grievance because clearly you're upset about something no it's hey you know it's been fun but it's time to go home now like while smiling like hey guys it's really time to go home now if you don't i'm gonna ruin your life and throw you in a in a box forever i, I just i don't i I get where people are coming from, but I just don't see how you cannot see that there's a bigger problem here. There's a bigger uh, uh, fish to fry here uh, with the Canadian government. Um, uh, Canada was once a, a wonderful place. Uh, it was more progressive than I would like, but the it's a beautiful country. There's good people. They got good food, uh, good sports there, but... It's being turned into a, a, a authoritarian hellhole, uh, thanks to uh, 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 blackface Trudeau. Um, so, I don't know. I have I have a very I have a big a big white pill on all of this. Um, even if the trucker protest fails, and even if they don't rescind the vaccine mandate, don't rescind any of the things that the protesters were. Which I mean, the protesters really only had three grievances. That was to end the tracking of um, no end the end the the, the the vaccine mandate universally, end the vaccine passport and tracking system, and end the divisive rhetoric that is being used for the vaxxed and unvaxxed. That's the, that's that's literally all they were. That's all that they're. That's, that's that's all the demands they had. Not that difficult of a demand. And the fact that most countries have ditched all three of those in the past few months. So it's not like it's unheard of. Canada's still holding on. Yes. For whatever reason, they're still holding on to this dying fad. But but what I will say was very very positive. All this is, I think, right now you have a, a beautiful moment um, where you're seeing the right 
and you're seeing the good part of the left come combined and joined on this one issue that you really haven't seen in a long time. Um, the fact that I can go on my YouTube feed and I can see Steven Crowder, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, Russell Brand, Jimmy Dore, Glenn Greenwald, Matt Taibbi, and all of these people from polar opposites of the political spectrum agree on this one issue and be right 100%. Now, yes, they might have different um, reasons that they support the the trucker movement. I know people on the left agree because it's it's a workers' rights issue, right? You know, you shouldn't have you shouldn't be forcing workers to do something like that. That comes from a, a more um, organized labor, but it's still a I, I can still go along with that argument. It's still a valid argument. Um, and then you have the people who are more of the individual rights. But the fact that you have progressives, Bernie supporting progressives, and you have super conservatives, like as GOP conservatives as you can get, come agreeing on the same issue. There's something that I think that um, fundamentally scares the state whenever you start seeing the right and the left unite on this issue because 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 we're because we're supposed to hate each other for some stupid reason um, and I think that with with COVID you're seeing this you're seeing the same thing you're seeing both of them question the narrative both of them question the quote unquote science both of them questioning the the the, the, the safety and the efficacy of the vaccine and masks and all the etc and the, the government's response to it. You're seeing both sides agree on this, and then you're having a massive worldwide protest. And we're not throwing a because it'd be very easy for the left to say, "Oh, this is a bunch of Trump supporters," which is what the state is trying to do. But wisely, those who really know what's going on are not falling for that trap. And I think that is kind of scary. And maybe this, maybe if the truckers' protest fails that we'll still carry this energy forward and we'll say, hey, you know, the issue is really not the fact that the fact that you don't, you know, want universal health care or the fact that you do want universal health care. Maybe that's not the issue. Maybe the, maybe the issue is, is the government lobbying money to stay in power and, 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 and not being concerned about the the concerns of the American people. I think maybe um, maybe that is what we start moving towards. Um, and you, you might have, you know, that's what that's what government fears is that whenever the both sides are supposed to hate each other, don't no longer do that. And they're united under one issue or even a several issues. Um, but the fact that I can that I can go to any one of those people's channels and just there's there's more. There's there's a Kyle Kalinske and a, uh, not Kyle Kalinske. Um, there's this other um, prominent lefty YouTubers. Who are what Shank? Who are right? I don't know about Shank. Shank's kind of he's not. I don't consider him to be in those in the, the good progressive the, category. The Young Turks. But there are uh, there are many, um, many. Um, but even people like Mark Levin are with the are, are with the are with the, with the truckers. And when did Mark Levin and Russell Brand agree on a political on issue anything. and be right and have the have, have have the correct opinion? Right. Well, you know, I'll do you one better. Uh, Doug Ford, brother of Rob Ford, remember, <laughs> that, remember that crackhead mayor? Yeah, the Toronto's crack mayor. Toronto's crackhead mayor. Uh, he he is saying that you know it's time to move on. Yeah. And he's the he's a Canadian person in charge of something somewhere I'm sure of. Um, uh, I just saw this. Uh, this came out I guess about 
30 minutes ago is that Ottawa's new police chief warns all truckers will be removed after arresting two Freedom Convoy leaders and flooding the streets with cops. Uh, Canada's parliament suspends vote on Trudeau's emergency power due to the imminent police action. So because the police are actively going out and arresting people means we can't vote. Means we can't vote. So Trudeau is now the official, uh, I guess, dictator of the land. Anyway, um, that's Canada. Um, you know, I, I agree with you about the white pill stuff and how, you know, lots of people are. I hope, I hope, a, the, I hope a, the, that we can carry this energy on forward. Yeah. Because we're on to something here. And I think that you push us. And I hope that this is more so. I, I think that people on, on the left are generally more willing to work. Um, just just from what I've seen on the attitudes on people on the left, um, they're they're more willing to work with people on the right than I would say like to see like a Steven Crowder talk to Jimmy Dore or Russell Brand probably wouldn't happen as much as maybe the the, the other way around. Um, but that's what I hope. I hope that you know you can. There are disagreements, yes, and I would disagree with both with both sides on some issues. Um, but I understand that we know our common enemy and as long as we know our common our common enemy then that's where we go forward with it that's where we focus all of our energy instead of fighting against each other and allowing the state to grow to the fact that now they can hold your job and your livelihood hostage unless you comply with them i i just hope that um when it comes to other issues like uh war uh that the um that the right well, it will be willing, at least willing, uh, to hear out the left when it comes to the, some of the war stuff. And I, th- and I think you're seeing some of that. I think. Okay, we're back. Okay, that was weird. Completely lost um, all the, audio, um, all for, audio a for a second. Um, but what what you what you were talking about the the war effort? I was. I just hope that the left will. And the right can can agree when it comes to some of the war stuff too. It's because the right is still is so willing to just to hang on to the neoconservative of uh, the neoconservatism of like the Mike Pompeo and those folks. They want him. They want him to run for president. I know. And the Nikki Haley's of the world. They're 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 they're, they're they want to hang on to that. They're they're still hanging on to that, even though that they have starting to they're starting to admit and they are willing to admit that. You know, the war in Iraq was a bad idea. Afghanistan was a bad idea. This Russia-Ukraine thing is maybe not so hot. Uh, even, um, what's his face? Tom Cotton is saying, you know, maybe it really isn't worth it. <laughs> Going to war with Ukraine, over Ukraine, isn't worth it. But then you still have people like Ted Cruz. In that article I sent you yesterday about Ted Cruz saying that, you know, the only reason why the world is on the move is because they know Biden is weak. Like, can we stop with this stupid peace-through-strength nonsense? That's how we got into this mess. Um, so I, I just hope that, that the younger, uh, I guess, Gen Zers of conservatism are seeing the, the folly and the, the idiocy of the older generation when it came to the, the neoconservatives like the Ted Cruz's of the world and the, um, uh, who, I don't know who else, um, but the Mark Levin's of the world and the Sean Hannity's of the world say that these people were dum-dums when it came to the war stuff. I just hope that they there's some connection there too, and it doesn't get devolved into oh you're just a bunch of peace, you know, uh, you know whatever uh, 
code pink, you know, pacifists or whatever. No, there, there's a there's a logical uh, frame of mind here at play that you are just not willing to accept. Yeah. You know, I, I will say another bright spot is I've been listening. Well, this week I listened to um, Matt Walsh and um, it's Michael Knowles show. And those who know whom Michael Knowles and Matt Walsh are part of the Daily Wire. That's that's Ben Shapiro's network. Both are not for this intervention in the Middle East, not for the intervention. Well, they say that now. Well, to, to, to be this fair, is... to be fair, no, no, no. They argued to, to completely pull out of what's going on but in the this, Middle East. But this is my problem, though, <clears throat> and maybe I'm getting, maybe I'm not taking my own medicine here. Is that the day after 9/11, Ben Shapiro is writing articles about how we have to go into. Hang I'm not on, talking about Ben Shapiro. No, the, the Daily Wire. I'm not ben, talking about the Daily Wire. No, no, but these, but these conservatives. But I'm talking about the conservatives who don't agree with that. That's what I'm saying. Is that there are? I think there is a rising amount of conservatives out there this next generation of conservatives who are not buying the the bush era the the reagan era of um foreign policy and i i i, 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 I don't i don't right. think they're buying because i think that i think that a lot of these zoomers who are coming up who are core conservative all they've known is is war that's that's all they've known that's all that's all i've ever known so i was born in 96 9 11 happened when i was Five years old, so I, I, I remember the day 9/11 happened, but I wasn't aware of the world enough to know what to know what was going on in foreign policy in the Middle East. Not until I was probably about fourth or fifth grade do I finally start getting a grasp of what's going on. All I've known is war in the Middle East, and I can look back at that. And <clears throat> this was back even whenever I was more conservative leaning. What have we had to show for it? You know, you know, how is this any better? And every time that that they hear about things getting better, um, it's just something else comes up, right? Then ISIS, then it's ISIL, then we have to go in there for the, this person, this person. Then all I see, all I see that we're getting out of this is a lot of coffins coming back to America. That's all I'm seeing. A That's lot of debt. A lot of debt. A lot of money spent. A lot of inflation and a lot of caskets. That's all I'm seeing. That's coming out of this. So I think you're seeing a lot of smarter of these younger, this, 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 my generation, the next generation. We're not. We're not. Not buying it. I, I just hope that it's more Matt Walsh and less Ben Shapiro. Now, there's Ben Shapiro does a lot of good stuff confronting the gender ideology stuff and the progressivism. Yes, but when it comes to war, he's completely he's compromised. Compromised. Like it. It is. It is. It is. It is bad. Um. I just just hope that it's not that. Um. Now, uh, there's some more news about this Russia-Ukraine thing, and it's it's. I don't know. It's got me really depressed. Not, I don't know about depressed. I wanted to play a different song at the intro. Um, it's called uh, the, it's a door song called uh, called the end. It, it played at the beginning of Apocalypse Now. That that's you know whatever. But anyway, so uh, as of yesterday, uh, Anthony, uh, the Secretary of State Anthony Blinky or Blinken, Blinky, um, was uh, laid out at the U at the United Nations Security Council because you know that's where all the good, the good righteous countries are at. Uh, on Thursday, announced how the Washington believes that Russia could seek to invade Ukraine, uh, warning that Moscow is preparing to attack its neighbors in the coming days. Now, they had said, I think it was February 16th was the day that Russia was going in. Well, that ca- that day came and it passed. Nothing happened. Blinken and other U.S. officials have done over the past two weeks accused Russia of planning to manufacture a pretext for an attack on Ukraine saying that it could include a fake or even a real attack using chemical weapons. 
Hey, 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 I've seen this one before. It's a classic. Russia may describe this event as ethnic cleansing or genocide. The idea that, that they need a pretext for invasion, haven't you already built them one? Hasn't the U.S. media industrial complex in uh, the U.K. and every other country against Russia invading Korea, hasn't, haven't they already built the pretext? It's already baked into the cake. If Russia wanted to do it, they don't need a reason to. They could just do it because they wanted to. In fact, there's their reason. There's their pretext. They wanted to. This idea that they're going to use chemical weapons? Man, where have I heard this before? Where have I heard the U.S. and the U.K. uh, intelligence agencies lie about chemical weapons? Hmm. Does does Syria ring a bell? Does the idea that Bashar al-Assad gassing his own people and the effects and the attempt to win a war knowing it would bring in the United States and, and NATO and allied forces against him. That is so supreme. It was debunked. It was stupid then. If you believed it, then you were an idiot. It's been thoroughly debunked that no chemical weapons were ever used. And for the, for the U.S., for the Secretary of State to say that Russia is going to use chemical weapons against, su- su- suppose his own people. Russian people. P- Putin thinks, uh, Putin, they say, the, the blinkies of the world say, that Putin thinks that the Ukrainians are his own people, he would gas his own people? This is so beyond stupid. Joseph, he has to kill the people before he can take over the land. The idea, the, the, like, can, can you use a different, I don't know, a playing card here? Can you stop recycling your old uh, lies, your old propaganda? We've seen this as a, this is a joke. For anyone that, that still believes this crap, you see that the, the nonsense they tried in Syria, that was false. And now they're trying it again here? For, for the people who read The Hill or the Associated Press who just go along with the official narrative, can you not see the connection here? Like, they said this then, and we knew, we knew it was wrong, and now they're trying it again. Can't you see this, that this is a playbook? The idea that that Russia is going to use chemical weapons on their own supposed people is beyond stupid. Why would you go? Why would you? Then why would you want to invade? If you're going to just kill everyone with chemical weapons, give them I don't know the the, the bubonic plague. They're going to release the bubonic plague in in Ukraine if the U.S. does not act immediately. Do you know what happened with all this? They were sitting in the back room and and. The not real um, press secretary was like, "Hey, Blinky and 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 Biden and um, Kamala Harris, we need we need a story. Cook something up." And then Blinky's like, "Okay, we got um, nukes, we got um, Bay of Pigs, we got um, what else? We got chemical weapons." Let's go. With that Biden's one. like, "The those are those are chemical weapons. Those worked pretty good in the past. Let's just let's just roll that out. They're stupid, right? They'll believe it. My 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 supporters are chumps. They'll blow, they'll believe anything." This this is but this is this whole situation is a self looking ice cream cone. It's because any time <laughs> any time that the US comes out and says, Oh, they're gonna use chemical weapons, you know what you know what Russia then announces supposedly they've announced that they're gonna start uh nuclear drills where they would where the, the uh Russia and the Belarus would start actively doing live fire drills near the border of Ukraine as a show of strength, saying, hey, we're not messing around either. So anytime you have the U.S., the U.K., and other NATO and EU 
uh, provocate, saying, "Well, there we've got this video that they we, we ha- we've seen the video of them using crisis actors, and they might use chemical weapons, and they're, they're the invasion's going to happen any day now." And then Russia says, "Oh, okay, you're going to lie about that. We're going to start doing drills." What I, what I love is is the U.S. antagonizes Russia. Russia takes the threats real and prepares for this threat, and the U.S. goes, See? 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 They're escalating! They're escalating! See? See? They're escalating the fight! So, there was a story that came out uh, over the weekend about how Russia was pulling troops out of Ukraine. They're they're crossing the Crimean Bridge. And immediately, immediately, U.K. and U.S. intelligence agencies said, Well, we have no evidence to support that. Without even looking into it! Well, Without, we, we can't <clears throat> confirm that. Now, I don't know if troops have been moved at all. But without even giving them the shadow of the doubt, without without an offer or a willingness to for peace, they automatically say, Blinky says, they automatically say, Defense Lloyd Austin says, they automatically say that, that they're actually they're moving more troops in. Why can't why do we keep doing this? Why why is this happening? For for Defense Lloyd Austin, Blinky, Biden, Kamala, the, the UN S- Security Council, whatever that means, for you you have to make a darn good uh, reason why this is worth it. This this better be worth it. I, this this has to be worth it. If you're going to antagonize the largest holder of nuclear weapons over, they might invade Ukraine. This better be worth it. Every life in Ukraine better be worth it. If you're going to drag us into this, right? They were they were holding drills at Fort Benning, hiding. Uh, military personnel because they're trying to trick the Russians that the U.S. is sending in troops. I This is a little inside baseball because I happen to know someone that knows some people. But it, if we're doing this, this better be damn worth it. Like, this better be worth it. Because if you cannot if you cannot make a legitimate argument that, that U.S. lives are at stake here, the security of the world is at stake here, that freedom itself is at stake here, you you better start doing that because this is pretty serious you you're not this is you're not going to war with people that live in caves in afghanistan anymore this is a serious serious deal this is a serious threat this better be worth it ukraine better be worth it and i have not heard one single argument from anyone saying that how the us is at risk for anything if we, if we don't act if you if russia goes in but joe if we don't do anything, then this time <clears throat> next year they'll be speaking Russian in Dusseldorf. Okay, I, I it, they'll you be know, speaking Russian in Great Britain if we don't stop the Russians. I've been saying they're on world domination mode. I've been saying for weeks that if this were true, if if the you if if Europe was worried about this, then they'd be mobilizing their forces. They're not. Which some of them have. Some of them are sending in tanks and uh, Germany or uh, other countries. Or I think Poland is sending in some or. Yeah, Poland is sending in some troops, whatever. Fine, that's a start. But it can't be the United States. It shouldn't be the United States. We should have no part in this. And for for whatever reason, Biden thinks he has to be involved in this is beyond me. Now, what's also funny, too, is how you have Ted Cruz uh, ripping the Biden administration because of what's going on. Now, he In the article, uh, he talked about... Um, uh, Afghanistan, which you know, there's some valid criticism there, but that that the problem with you, uh, Afghanistan goes back many many years, and we've we've talked about that. 
But uh, Cruz pointed out two major decisions by the Biden-Harris Biden administration, which is funny how they say that, that says that have directly put Europe, uh, Europe on the brink of war. The administration's uh, disastrous pull out of Afghanistan and Biden lifting sanctions on Nord Stream 2. Um, the, the, the pipeline and all that stuff, I, I don't know about that. But uh, he says Putin has long wanted to invade Ukraine. Putin's been very candid about that. He says that the, 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 the desolation of the Soviet Union has been a major problem. Um, and he says that Putin is on the warpath to invade Ukraine and to rebuild the Soviet Union. Um, I, I have yet to see any evidence of that. Other than reacting to U.S. and U.K. and NATO antagonization, other than that, I don't see, uh, I don't, I don't see it. I'm, I'm not seeing it, Teddy. Um, uh, and he says that, that this is all happening because Biden is weak. What a this is all happening because Biden is weak. You know, for four years, this, this kind of stuff didn't happen because Trump was in the White House. That's right. Or maybe is it just possible that this has reached such a fever? We, we have reached a point of no return. He accuses Biden of being weak while at the same time implementing the foreign policy that he has always advocated for. This idea of peace through strength of saying Russia is not going to go into Ukraine. How much? What else is Biden supposed to say? This is what I'm so confused about, Ted. You say that well because Biden is weak, means that Putin's on the move. Okay, well Biden has been the most, the most antagonizing towards Russia in a long time, saying that he'll be met with grave threats. The United States is threatening Russia. What else is he supposed to do? Is it because he's not putting troops on the border with Ukraine? That's weakness? So the idea of peace through strength that we're going to you know, flex our military muscles in front of Russia uh, is how we you know, uh, maintain peace throughout the world. Well, he's doing that. So maybe this is you unknowingly uh, saying how everything he, he is doing is what I have proposed we do, and it's backfiring in our face, and now I'm going to accuse you of being weak. This is so profoundly stupid. He says that the U.S. Um, he says that, um, that you know, Europe is on the verge of war. Again, probably has nothing to do with U.S. and NATO and U.K. antagonization towards the, you know, the greatest, one of the greatest superpowers in Europe. That's got nothing to do with it, I can guarantee you. <laughs> Whatever. The U.S. military has advised Congress that Europe is in the greatest jeopardy that has ever been since 1945. That's the result of Biden's weakness. Now, there are many reasons to criticize Biden for his foreign policy. Many reasons. In one of them, I would not say it's because he's weak. I wouldn't say that, that the guy who's been following the foreign policy of, of the Obama and Bush foreign policy norm is because is out of weakness if anything it's an overflexing the muscles of strength of well the the u.s supreme power has to be involved why are we even involved in this teddy this has got nothing to do with american lives if anything ted if you think it's so important why don't you go over there and fight why don't you go to russia and tell and wag your finger at putin and tell him no if it's that if it's that dire the europe has been in this in the greatest jeopardy since 1945 what 
is the Third Reich risen again? Is Japan our moral enemy once again? It, is, is, is Stalin moving through Europe, gobbling up countries? You know, are, 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 the, are the Britons about to be pushed off their own continent? You know, has, has Germany gone into Poland yet? No. This is, again, the stupid World War II argument. You're using this again. Stop it. Hitler is not, or Putin is not Hitler. This is, the, why, do they, why do they keep going back to this? Oh, this is, well, Biden's acting like Neville Chamberlain. Biden isn't Neville Chamberlain. This isn't the same situation. This is a very different situation going on here. Why are you? Why do these people, these brainlets, these morons, continue to make the same argument over and over and over again? They said it about Saddam Hussein. They said it about Bashar al-Assad. They said it about bin Laden. They said it about Muammar Gaddafi. They said it about uh, you know Putin. They're saying it about Germany. They said it about all these other folks. They said it about the guy who runs Venezuela. Uh, what's his face? Um, uh, Murda or? Uh, Maduro? Maduro, yeah. Yeah. They said Maduro's, you know, he's going to start invading countries or whatever. Stop using this. This is not Germany 1939. This is not Neville Chamberlain coming back from Munich saying peace in our time. They said the great appeasement of, <clears throat> of Neville Chamberlain giving back portions of a country that was, all, was, that was always German that was taken away from Germany after the First World War. That the great appeasement. Like, this is not the same situation. I just I don't I I I has I have such a hard time supporting people like Ted Cruz because there's a lot of things that he gets right, a lot of things that he gets right. But when it comes to the most consequential stuff, the issues of war, uh, he's so wrong, so profoundly wrong. He said that they said that the Biden administration is shaping up to be the most pro-Russian administration of the modern era. Pro-Russian, the guy's threatening war. We always knew Biden was in bed with Putin. Now they're spooning. Like, what? Where is this coming from? What are you seeing that I'm not? He's seeing re-election, Joe. That's what he's seeing. I don't understand. Like, how, how, is, how are people allowed to go out and say this? How is a sitting U.S. senator allowed to go out and say that the, the, that the president is not being tough enough on Russia while at the same time accusing them of, 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 of about to release a video of the, as a pretext for war saying that the, that the, the same administration is saying that they're going to use chemical weapons on the Ukrainian people? How is that allowed? How is overt, outright lying allowed like this? Like, Teddy, show us some real evidence here. Now, we could talk about the, you know, what Hunter Biden has been doing with Ukraine and the, the, the dealings. Yeah, that's a problem. That's a separate issue. But where is this? What are you seeing that I'm not? And, I, and what's funny, too, is that all these people who are coming out uh, very strongly against Russia are all privy to uh, classified information that you, are, you and I are not. And if I can tell you that what's going on is that we're being lied to, yet they come out and still repeat the same talking points from Anthony Blinken in the UN and all these folks who are lying to us, and they're still repeating the lies – then, then you, then you really know these these people are agents, agents of uh, of Biden. That they are going out, repeating the same talking points, while at the same time saying he's not being tough enough because of the lies we're being told that he's not being tough enough. 
Like, it's this the circular argument here is so profoundly stupid. So I just I don't get I, I just don't, I don't I don't get how this can happen. I don't get how this is even possible. But, you know, I'm just some dumb kid from middle of nowhere, Georgia, who knows nothing. Um, and of course, you know, he goes through you know the, the, the debunked idea that Russia invaded the Crimea in 2014. That's not what happened. It was a color revolution. And uh, that was started by the Obama administration uh, with using actual literal neo-Nazis to go in and take over that part of Ukraine. And then Russia came in with, you know, forces saying, yeah, let's stop this. And then, I don't know, it just, my my brain hurts. I I, I can't even, I can't even anymore, Jacob. You're a single white girl because you cannot even with this. I can't even. You know what you can't even with? You can't even with the fad that is COVID-19, the COVID-19 response narrative fad. Um, I wrote an article this week talking about how, and I talked about this last podcast, but for now on, we're referring to the narrative, not the virus, but the narrative as a fad. Um, the virus is still very, very real. It's still very, very, um, um, it, 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 it can be deadly for some people, and I've said enough about that as it is, but we have some new information, some new things to cringe at. Joe, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. So uh, this comes from Zero Hedge. Um, it, the title of the article is um, CEC, hence COVID mask mandate will end next week now that states have moved first. So now that all the blue states have followed by the red states, they're only about a year and a half behind. But now that most of the blue better states- Better late than ever. Yeah, better- as the Stephen Hawking once said, better late than never. Um, uh, states like California, Nevada, and New York, they're all dropping the, in- the indoor mask mandate, which is just pretty funny because, you know, uh, the, CDC, the CDC still recommends um, that they still wear a mask while indoors, regardless of vaccination status. But you have blue states and blue governors who are supposed to be following the science, who are disagreeing with the CDC. Um Saying something like that on YouTube or on Twitter would have gotten you banned, or on Facebook would have gotten you banned a while ago to disagree with the CDC. But I guess, but I guess because you're a, um, a someone in government, you're allowed to disagree with the CDC. But regardless, so it is pretty funny that we now have some quotes here. I'm going to read um, that are talking about um, the complete 180 on masks and how all of a sudden we're, we're allowed to just stop wearing them. Um, don't ask why we're allowed to stop wearing them because, of course, they don't have answers. Um, so Dr. Wazjiski, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to pronounce her, her last name one of these days correctly. Um, she's the director of the CDC, um, is expected to make a masking guidance on Wednesday, next Wednesday. Um, nothing has been finalized yet, she said, but the CDC is considering a new benchmark for whether masks are needed, basing it on the level of severe disease and hospitalizations in a given community. So they're they're like, hey, we, we, we might be dropping these masks soon, but we don't know. You know, no states are following our, our recommendations anymore. So really, they're completely out of touch. This also comes as um, both Disney, both Disney parks on um, on both coasts have dropped to the mask mandate completely, except for on transportation. Um, regardless, they they said if you're fully vaccinated, you can take off your mask while indoors. But of course. Um, since there's no way to um, track that, um, unless I guess you just had them walk around with like, with like little um, insignia on their shoulder saying, hey, unvaxxed, vaxxed. I guess you could do that and maybe make an, a nice like yellow star maybe. Um, you could That's do some, a great idea. You could do something like that. But 
Um, so Disney now is dropping it, and well, the thing with Disney though, sidebar, is that they're dropping it like in stores and in the on rides. But if you are on Disney transportation, they still want you to wear one. It's like just let it go. Yeah. Well, I think let this is. Go. I think this is just. A, this is just them taking one step forward. Um, now I don't know how long that'll stay. And even Doctor Science, the great Holy Father. Tony Fauci came out and said um, that states making changes to their mask rules is entirely understandable. At a local level, there is a strong feeling of need of a need to get back to normal. Wow, T- Tony Fauci, welcome to March 2020, bro. Well, welcome. It, it's so glad that you're here, Doctor Science. So now, now that we have the CDC director, blue states. And even Dr. Science himself, which, I mean, if Dr. Science comes out and says that masks are no longer really required and you can go back to normal, um, and that's, that's completely understandable using his words, um, then, then is the fad dead? Is the, is the big hair, um, shoulder pads, um, <laughs> um, parachute pants dead? Because um, that's, that's, that, that's, that's, that's what it's looking like. Um, but... I, I wrote this in my article, and I don't know who these people are, are talking to, um, because I, I laid out in my in my in my little piece that I wrote that um, the the people who haven't been wearing masks like like yours truly, um, basically forever, unless was forced to under threat of being um, escorted off the property. Um, I haven't been wearing one, and and I don't need Doctor Science's opinion to uh to uh, tell me to and i think that's about 80 percent of the country is kind of that way um and then the other 20 percent or so um are like these people that i'm about to play for you i got two video two two little video clips i'm gonna play for you and these are the people who after covid becomes less frequent than the flu um and we have a 99.9 percent vaccination rate in this country or whatever it is um, these these folks will still be wearing the masks, and even Dr. Fauci could could go to their home and say it's okay, everything's okay. You don't have to wear it anymore. Look, look, I'm not wearing one. You don't have to wear one anymore. They're like, no, no, I don't know, man. I'll keep it on just 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 in case. You never know if that squirrel walking across my lawn hasn't been vaccinated yet. You never know. Um, so this is a video clip I'm gonna play for you guys from, I think this is the University of. Reno, which is in which is in um, like Nevada, and um, well, the, the um, title of the video is "Graduate Students Protest the Repeal," <laughs> not protesting in favor, protesting because the mask mandate was repealed. Folks, we are we are we are in the upside down world. If we were in the metaverse, it would crash right now. Okay, it could not compute the amount of insanity that is before us. But here, I'm gonna play this for you, and then uh, we can talk about it together. So let me get the old thing up here, and here we go. So pack, step back. Our house is under attack. 
And we are here today to organize a protest um, to reinstate the mask mandate. Um, this started on Thursday after Governor Sisolak dropped the mask mandate statewide, um, and shortly after uh, President Sandoval dropped the mask mandate for UNR. We are out here to make our voices heard um, and to try and show UNR and NCHI in general that we care about reinstating the mask mandate. I feel honestly incredibly unsafe. Um, you know, we wear masks to protect ourselves and also to protect others. Um, there's very good statistics that show that if you have an active COVID case and you are wearing a mask, you are protecting it spreading to other people. There are all these people now on campus who are not wearing masks who could possibly be um, spreading COVID and that is, you know, additionally confounded by the fact that we took away our vaccination requirement. So there's no, I have no idea of knowing how many of my students, how many of my peers, how many people walking past me um, are unvaccinated Nor and spreading COVID at a much higher right rate, know. putting me and again, all of my community at risk. Okay. I got a couple of things I want to talk about that and then we'll finish the video. A um, couple things. Um, first of all, that's, that is not your right to know the, the uh, medical status of somebody else. You don't have that right. And um, honey, the uh, governor and the president of the school doesn't care about your, your um, qualms. And it's not like they're making it illegal to wear the mask. They're like, saying that you, you can't can, wear one. They're just saying, they're just saying you're not going to be forced to wear one. Um, and this, 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 this argument of, well, my peer might be unvaccinated, so, um, so I could be put at risk. Um, we've already known that the vaccine does not stop transmission. So that's, so that's, that's, that's an anti-science misinformation statement that she just made. She should be censored and canceled for that. And second of all, as far as wearing a mask whenever you're in an active case, perhaps maybe if you were wearing a good KN95 or N95 mask back in the earlier variants, but with Omicron, that because that's the most widespread variant we have right now, um, you've even had um, the CNN doctor herself, what's her last name, Wen or whatever. Um, Wazowski? No, no. The, the Wazowski? One, no, the one CNN doctor, the one, oh, um, oh, the one Chen, Asian, yeah, 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 Chen or whatever her last name is. Um, she said that really the cloth masks are doing absolutely zero. So I'd like to see the I'd like to see your less than zero, less than zero. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 doing it is um, it negative twenty five percent effective. Negative twenty five percent effective. You'll actually have better chance of catching COVID. Um, but th I think the biggest thing with all of this that we're not really getting to is that you want everybody to get vaccinated. Okay, no, but that's fine, fair position, whatever. You think everyone should take this vaccine, whatever. Um, You've, you've taken it, and you're swearing to everybody that it's effective and it's safe and it protects you from serious illness of COVID. Um, then really does it matter if the person next to you is wearing a mask or not or if they're unvaccinated or not because you've been vaccinated. So therefore, you should, you should be protected. My question to these people, and I'm, I'm playing one, one more video before we, before we wrap this episode, but um, why don't you trust your own vaccine? You know, you, you say it's 90-something percent effective and – and um, against serious, serious illness, and you're so strongly animated that it's effective that you want to mandate people get it. Um, well, you've gotten it. So if, if it's so effective, then does it really matter if someone around you hasn't gotten it or they're not wearing a mask? Or even if you're sitting next to someone who, who's an active case, based on your own argument, you should be completely fine because the vaccine the is safe and effective. So I don't see this. So people who wear masks... And who have been vaccinated and believe in the vaccine and believe that it's effective and safe. Um, why, why, why don't you trust your own vaccine? It sounds like to me like you don't really trust it all that much. And it sounds like to me that 
you don't you don't believe the science that you're preaching everybody else should follow well no, it's not they don't trust it, it's that they don't uh they're more concerned that you don't trust it oh okay that you they're, aren't buying into they're it. they're like how dare you not be conned the same way i was yeah yeah if i had to get it you have to get it yeah too. okay so this is from the view and it's a very similar um thing and i have a one last little bit i want to talk to you about and i've kind of echoed this in the past but i just want to reiterate it again um this is uh, joy Bearheart and all the other wonderful um ladies of the view wonderful ladies of the view <laughs> Personally, I listen to the little voice in my head mm-hmm. that doesn't really follow. If you listen to little voices in your head, Joy, you, you might want to go. Well, you might want to go uh, get that checked out. Get that checked out. Well, Maybe th- that's why she can't um, form coherent sentences because she can't focus because well, all the voices in her head won't leave her alone. Well, I thought I thought we weren't allowed to be critical thinkers. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. 100 percent what they tell me because mm-hmm. they keep changing it yep uh-huh. right so like very short time ago they were saying put the n95 masks right. on and make and now they make sure it's a, and now they're saying you don't have to wear them anymore mm-hmm. yeah so i if i go on the subway mm-hmm. if i go in a bus if i go the into the theater if i go into joy joy behar does not ride the subway i doubt it she takes a private car I, anywhere I, she goes yeah. Or she just hovers because she's so because we get because you know, she's an heiress, okay? She just kind of hovers. Well, she's so she self righteous that she literally floats. Yes, her self righteousness causes her to defy gravity. Yes. Um, where else would I go? A crowded spot. A crowded yeah. place. Where else do I, I go? Wear a mask. <laughs> Help me out, guys. Where else do I go? Uh, what, uh, what places? Else? What else? I go places and I go and I go things. <laughs> well, what else? What else do I do, ladies? Huh? What else? A crowded place? Yeah, I go to a crowded place. I go places. to a crowded place. Okay, like I'm doing right here. I go to a crowded I'm place. I'm at a crowded place. A table Can of five I people. I might do that indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And so I'm listening to myself right now. I, I worry about the kids, right? Because oh, no, we know that there are kids under five that are in preschool that can't be vaccinated. We know that uh, kids from five to twelve are the least vaccinated in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I, I still worry about them. I mean. You you know, parents wanted kids to get back into school. My, I wanted my daughter to get back into high school. Her whole freshman year of high school was remote. Yeah. That was a terrible oh, thing, and oh, it was very man. difficult for her. But I'd rather that than have her get sick and somehow, you know, have these effects later on. I don't think we're thinking about the children and the most vulnerable and the elderly. We're not thinking about those but people. Like uh, Cuomo? But, the, but, but, yeah, like Cuomo. <laughs> like but, Cuomo? But the elderly are the most vaccinated class in the in the, the country. I think it's like over 90% of elf people above 65 have been vaccinated. So why don't you trust your own vaccine, Sonny? Remember, they've been vaccinated, so it doesn't matter if you wear a mask because the vaccine protects you risk assessments that's part of being an adult so be careful this this a lauren wright lady she's using logic and well it's the and it's the token so-called conservative yes yeah, be, be, like, just like like like, like make it make trigger change. warning she's using logic here and this week there was you know the risk of dying of covid if you're triple vaxxed is one in a million that's literally the risk Getting in a car is one out of a hundred about. The risk for 18 to 49 year olds is lower than that. The risk for kids is even lower than that. And so we need to weigh risks. Trade-offs is a basic thing that we teach our graduate policy students at Princeton. And we need to be able to be adults about this. Because science changes things. But this has not been based on science. The masks weren't based on science? It's really, really loose science from the very beginning. If you read... (gasps) Wait, she's her face was like, 
Wait, what? The masks weren't based on science. Are you are you committing some kind of heresy? Yes, Sonny. The sun. Yes, yes, Sonny. There is no evidence to support any of the mask claims. And at best, we're gonna. Lauren talks about this. At best, it was well, it's better than nothing, or well, it had a noticeable or had a little noticeable to negligible difference. And we'll talk. Well, the idea of the idea of better than nothing is not enough to shut down the world. Um, exactly. But you know, that's just me. Really, really loose well, science. The little voice in my head says If you that. read the studies, they're correlational. It's better than nothing. They're comparing cities with mask mandates to cities that don't have them. And there's no compliance consideration. There's no randomization. Wow. But here's what I'm talking about, okay? So you have a lady who comes on there and spouts some real data, some hard data that, that, that anyone can access. So this is not hypothetical. This is not... Um, um, this is not, it's not data that is, um, well, it's, well, it's a better than nothing. So you might as well just go ahead and do it kind of, kind of data when it comes to the masks. Um, this is hard data. We can look at the infected mortality rates. Um, so she says that, um, if you take the vaccine, your triple, triple vax, that you have a, um, a one in a million shot of, of dying from COVID-19. Now, generally, I would tend to believe that those statistics are pretty accurate because, um, without vaccination, you had like a one in a hundred thousand if you're a young, healthy person under the age of 65, something crazy low like that. So I could understand that. I can understand um, the vaccine providing some benefit um, to people who are elderly. Um, but you have you have someone who's spouting this real data and the fact that kids unvaccinated are, are, are less likely to die from COVID than, than the flu. And that's not my opinion. It's the CDC's data. You can go it's published it's public public information go look this up and then you have that one sunny chick just sitting there like how, how dare you just insult my argument and she's sitting there all sour and mad and well i think she's genuinely confused that she doesn't buy into the mm -hmm. same bs as she is yes because you know well because people like sunny and joy behart and, and whoopee uh, we're all buying into the, the, quote, science from Fauci and from the CDC because uh, they, they were responsible adults who just who follow science and the, quote, experts. Well, then well, then we were two, two years in this thing, and it shows that, hey, these people were lying to us or they were just gravely, gravely mistaken and misled by the science. And now here comes people like you and I and this other lady who are saying, you know what, maybe there wasn't so much science behind this. Maybe they were lying to us. Maybe this maybe this was the case all along. Mm -hmm. And the people who bought this the the narrative hook line and sinker were like, well, how how could you not have been duped like I was? You know, you're supposed to also be a dupe, not a duper. You're <laughs> the dupe. Um, but I I loved how Joy Behar just completely engages in in COVID misinformation because. According to the science, the CDC, once you got vaccinated, there was no need for you to wear a mask. And now they're acting on that that information. And Joy Behar says, but the masks work. Well, then you don't trust your own vaccine. vaccine. So you are you are spreading COVID misinformation yourself by saying that you still got to wear a mask, even though, according to the science that you espouse, the vaccine prevents all of this. Yeah. Well, uh, this is what I go to when I say that that the the um, unreachables, um, those people that are that are that are not that are not savable, um, because because you have a doctor on there who's really spouting true information about this, and the fact that they're not like, 
maybe there's something more maybe i was wrong maybe there's something more to this um but instead it's just defensive defensive well well why are you hate the children they they are so self-righteous they will not even entertain the idea that they could have been wrong yes and they don't entertain the idea and then you have these college students who are demanding that 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 they that they continue to wear masks um think about a college campus that's that's demanding more rules (laughs) uh that's the most anti um college um, I- ideal, most anti-punk rock thing ever. Um, the fact that you're seeing college students be like, "Hey, um, so rule me harder, government, um, a college staff." These people are unreachable, and these people will not stop wearing masks whenever the um, CDC comes out. If they do next week, it's all speculation, but it, it might happen when they come out next week and say you don't have to wear masks anymore. They're not going to. They're they're going to keep wearing masks. These are the people that. Dr. Science could sit them down and say, you don't have to wear it anymore. And they would say, well, I don't, I don't know that, that that person on the subway might – that subway that I, that I, uh, that I uh, don't ride, um, <laughs> they might not be vaccinated. Then why don't, you, why don't you – again, why don't you trust your own vaccine? You know, remember that was the whole point. Well, then these people should go into self-isolation. If yes. they're so worried about it, other people not wearing masks or not, or that are not vaccinated around them, and they have no way of knowing that, then just, just go inside and stay inside. I, I agree. I agree 100%. If you're so worried about it, go inside and stay inside. Uh, don't just Virtually attend all of your, all of your classes, all of your, your job, everything. Plug into the metaverse and then and yep. never leave. Um, what I said on well, what I said on my argument is um, in my my post I said that uh, these uh, people are a lost cause and I have and I have no desire to reach out to them. There's been more than enough evidence to refute your position. All I ask is just to leave us alone and let us live our lives in peace. Thank you. That, that, thank that, you. That's how. It's, thank you very much. But let us just live in peace, okay? Thank you. Uh, we have we go, have go in peace. We have the most beautiful lives. The most the most beautiful masks, okay. You can wear your beautiful mask, okay. In fact, I'll make you one from China. I mean, U.S. would be so great. Let us live in peace. Leave us alone. And that's all. That's literally all we're asking. That's all. That's that's all that the world is asking. Is just is just that. So these people are not worth saving. Um, honestly, I'm to the point now with with COVID that. Um, when the CDC drops the mask mandate or the mask re- mask recommendation, um, that I, I may start talking less and less about science and less and less about the the data that comes out, um, unless there's something groundbreaking that comes out that shows that you know the vaccine's killing more than it's saving them stuff like that. I, I may have to talk about, um, but I'm to the point now where there's enough evidence out there, there's enough data out there about all of this, and you're seeing. You're seeing states, you're seeing organizations, you're seeing public health administrations, you're seeing doctor science, seeing all these people saying it's time to go back to normal. Um, that I, I'm done. Con- I'm done trying to convince people at this point. Um, it's been two years. You know, we're we're, we're actually we're actually coming up on two years to flatten the curve here, um, and about three or four weeks in in, in Georgia. So, you know, I, I'm 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 done. I'm I'm I've exhausted myself to the point. I may still write about it, but as far as um, like, that's not to say that I won't talk about COVID ever again. But the, the, coming from the standpoint of, hey, here's some arguments to try to to try to convince people to maybe, hey, stop it, stop. You don't have to keep following this this the, this fad anymore. You can ditch the um, ditch your leg warmers and and come to the 21st century. Um, 
I is I think there's more than enough, and I, I don't think there's that there's many of you out there that are still following this. I think that a lot of people um, either have never followed this narrative, which is what I'd hoped for, or people have been burnt out, or they finally woken up to it, whether it be through myself or someone else. Um, but I think there's I think there's there's not very many people out there who are still clinging on to this to, to this archaic religion of the um, COVID narrative, and they're um, finally seeing it for what it was. So that's all I got to say about that. Um, any PSs, Joe, Billy Martins, anything you wanted to add well, for the weekend? Well, I wanted to talk about some of the stuff from the uh, from the Super Bowl, even though, because, of course, this show is very timely almost a week later. Um, I wanted to talk about some of that stuff, uh, some of the commercials that I liked, some of the commercials I really didn't like, um, some of the stuff that was like the Black National Anthem and all that, and then the, the halftime show um, was confusing at the very least. It wasn't It wasn't as bad as other halftime shows. It was just a little confusing. Uh, it was basically just a, uh, um, I guess, it was basically just for Zoomers and Gen yeah. Z because that's all that everyone listens to nowadays is rap. Um, now, I, have to, I, I I wanted to ask you this, but I was, I was waiting. We watched, we watched the halftime show, and, and I'll say um, the halftime show using the Anthony Fantano rating system it's like a five i just it was kind of indifferent to it um but i would say indifference good it's an improvement um over over what we've had in the past which is just pure um trash and garbage um i appreciate they actually went out there and performed their songs instead of just playing a track and dancing to it um and there was no big lions like uh, i remember from katie perry's like that this is this is unnecessary yeah, and I liked how there was minimal. I mean, I will always hold in regard that Prince was the greatest halftime show of all time. That you was can the who. you can fight me. I will go. I will. I will hell in a cell match you right here, right now. That Prince was the greatest halftime show. Um, I think it was the Who. The fact that he just went up there and played music and didn't need like the Who. And, and shut up. And <laughs> didn't need a a billion dollar um, performance behind him. Not to say that. Not I, uh, there's a this is a very boomer argument, but like oh well you know bands back in my day didn't need you know pyrotechnics and 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 you know lights and stuff to play a good show. Um, no, those can enhance a show. Um, but if you were to take that music and didn't have all that, would it still be good? Yes. So I think that's the difference. Um, that kind of de- that kind of diffuses the argument of oh well you know back in my day they didn't have you know giant well, LED boards. Too, and another thing too is that you take. Um take more modern music and you take away the backup dancers and the production and everything is the music still as enjoyable without all the production aspects of it or if they went up on stage without it and played their music would it be as enjoyable yeah that's what i'm saying and and arguably no because most of music nowadays can't be broken down to a single instrument um and that's very sad. That's where I think I draw the line. Like, there's this, there's this common misconception out there that I hate pop music. I really don't. In fact, some of my favorite albums of all time, I have pop records hung on my wall. But that's different, though. No, but I'm saying, though, I don't hate the genre of pop. I, I, I enjoy pop. But a, a fundamental criteria for me listen, to listen to any sort of traditional style of music, not like, you know, a cinematic piece or something where it's like it's obviously not going to be broken down to a single like guitar or piano right you can't play um the um you couldn't play like like some of the score from like the lord of the rings on a single piano and it sound like 
cohesive because there's so much crap going on. You can't play like 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 the the um, Interstellar theme song or 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 on the album. Uh, yeah, so there's some ex- exceptions, but like if you're a singer and I can't like pick a chord out and I can't strum along with your song, I'm not interested. Because for me, that's not really it's not really cohesive to some of the music. That's why I have a problem with a lot of. Um, trap songs and a lot of rap songs that people try to send me and listen to which by the way if you want to torture me with uh, <laughs> with uh, music maybe if I start doing that just like send us a song a week to, to torture us and we'll give thoughts and don't be cutesy and send us like spirit of radio and being like ha ha ha, ha I got torture you guys with a song like that no um, but like whenever all I hear is like a cicada drum hat and then boom 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 in the basses I, I, I'm not interested. But, like, you know, if you have a nice piano part, a nice guitar part, or even, like, a nice synthesizer part. Look, I'm a nerd for synths. Um, but I did appreciate that about the halftime show that, you know, they actually went out and performed their music. Now, even though I, I, I've I listened to a bit of Snoop Dogg in my life, I would say I he's – I listened to nothing. I will say that out of, out of all the rappers, he's probably one of the few that I could, like, sit down and be like, okay – I understand it. Do I necessarily like it? Not really, but I can get what he's saying because I think that he, I think that he does rap in a, in a, in a way that, like, okay, I'll, I'll put it this way: I could understand everything he was saying at the halftime show. Mm, yeah. I could understand his message. I, you know, whether the message he's saying, I, I agree with. I could get where he's coming from, and I could sit down and listen to one of his records and be like, okay, I get this. And the newer stuff when it's so fast and cicaded and. and um, to the point where it's like, are you trying to portray a message? Are you trying to convey information well, to me? So the the vocal modulation and auto tune it just sounds so annoying. Well, and I don't think modulation on the vocals and auto tune is bad necessarily. I think I think I think it can be used like like mm. for instance. Okay, for instance, Daft Punk is a very tasteful use. Now it, it's extremely heavy, heavily auto tune, but you can under, still understand what they're saying. You can still understand that it still plays into this very futuristic. Um, synthy kind of vibe um, but like if Daft Punk's vocals were so modulated you couldn't understand a word they're saying like how some of these um, the difference is though is that they're using it for a cool effect whereas people nowadays use it because they can't sing yes and I, I that's, think, I think that's, that's a, that's a difference um, now what I, want to, what, what, what I want to ask you about the halftime show is um, if in the middle of Snoop Dogg's performance, if he just pulls out a metaverse helmet and just like puts it on and he starts performing like like they go live in the metaverse because you know that Snoop's really big into the metaverse. Yeah, I know. So what if he was like going live in three, two, one, everyone puts their headphone their headsets on, they're watching him. I would have turned the TV off. Would you have thrown your phone to the TV? No, because I I like our TV. Um uh, I just would have turned the TV off. And uh, it's okay. As someone who has never willingly listened to any of those artists that performed, mm-hmm. it's all been uh, without my consent that I've actually had to endure this so-called it's like, music. It's like you're in a store and you hear this, and you're like, "I'm being violated right now." I feel like I'm being physically violated um, between my ears. Um, I I did not in particularly enjoy the music, although I will say that it was nice that they were actually performing the music, they were actually singing this music. I still could have done without the whole, you know, dancing. Without, I, could, I could have done without the dancers. That was so, it's so unnecessary. Yeah, I, I'm not. They rely so heavily on that, they, that their music is not enough, they have to have something extra. Um, then, I didn't even notice this at the time, but um, Eminem took a knee. And not I, be, didn't, I, I didn't notice I didn't even notice either. this. 
it wasn't until afterwards uh, that he took a knee, not bec- not for police brutality, but to stand in solidarity with Colin Kaepernick because because everyone's so worried about Colin Kaepernick these days because I am. because he's got his deal with Nike and he's gonna, he's gonna be doing just fine. Um, He'll probably make 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 more money than the than, than some but, quarterbacks. You know, you know I, what I first thought was that you know Eminem, the white savior. Um, he has the you know the white savior complex. I just I, th- th- that's one of the reasons why I don't particularly like to listen to that style of music is because it's so filled with uh, just I don't know. I, I just I've never willingly listened to any of it, and I've never put that on when, I'm, when I've been in the car. Um, I, I just it's not something I would, I would normally listen to ever. But at the same time, it, it's it has been better than years gone by, especially Katy Perry's. Halftime show. That was just a train wreck of just nonsense. Katy Perry's version. Or yeah, her. it was just it's just awful. Yeah, there there's been very very few. Or like when uh um what's there uh what's your face the Lady two, Gaga? No, um the two ladies that performed was it last year the year before? Well, there's there was a Beyonce performed yeah, one year. Yeah, uh, no, the Jennifer um, Lopez. Yeah, and then who, who was the other lady? Madonna or someone? I don't know. I don't know. But that was again. I'm a boomer when it comes to these people. But again, though. Uh, that performance was was just about the production quality, not the music. It was about oh, how many dancers, the lights, the production. All it wasn't just about the music. Um, and was I entertained? No, I was not entertained. I've been, I've been not, I've not been entertained by this the halftime show since the Who. I um, mean, I enjoyed Bruce Springsteen's performance, but I think he was before the Who. Yeah, Bruce Springsteen. Go back and watch Bruce Springsteen's performance. It's actually pretty good because it was just music. Um, yeah, well, it was music, but I mean, obviously he, he had a he had a big you know production on 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 the stage and stuff, and um, but you know it was a Bruce Springsteen put on a good show, and I think, I, I think that I think the problem with you and I is is that is that we're asking for something that no one's asking for. We're asking for uh. Real music of talent and ability, not production. No one's asking for that, though. Everyone's saying, "Well, you got to do it bigger and better than the year than the than last year." Oh, I think that's part of the problem is that we're well, asking for the wrong things. I've always said because that the world are... is saying, "Well, it's gonna be bigger and better than last year." Look, we there's there's an argument that rock music, as far as when it comes to sports, is integrated like it's collected together. Like you hear rock tracks all the time. You hear at jump. A, all the time now. I mean, I wouldn't want to see Van Halen perform anymore. Not only because um, Eddie's dead, rest in peace, but nobody wants to see David Lee Roth go out there and, and and try to do. Just go watch Van Halen before Eddie died when when Roth was singing. It's just not. It's not the same as Maybe it was. Maybe they brought Sammy back. Perhaps, but what I'm saying is that why can't a band like Metallica go out there and like bring the house down like obviously metallica would have a giant led board behind them they'd have pyrotechnics well, they, they also tour with that stuff too yes but i'm saying though is that if if metallica were just to play on a base if if metallica were to play the masquerade it would still be a good show yeah it would still be a good show and it would still sound great that's what i'm saying now if you had um one of these other artists play the masquerade would it necessarily be as good of a show i don't know but look metallica and someone that I've been preaching about for the last, I don't know, decade and a half now to play the halftime show, Weird Al Yankovic. It would be entertaining. <laughs> it would be amazing. Look, you, Weird Al Yankovic would have, if he had an unlimited budget, would have the most craziest production, fireworks. Just and When he comes out to do, um, I don't, 
one more ride to the bus, and then it's just like fireworks shooting off, and he's, they're playing the accordion. Come on. Weird Al Yankovic, um, white and nerdy, Amish Paradise, fat. He couldn't do fat, though. All of these songs. Look, when he comes out there and plays Amish Paradise, and he's like dressed like an Amishman, oh my gosh. And after like. Up there, what he could do is they could get like fake dirty up to like 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 a plow in the field. They have like real horses come by plowing. Come on, think about this. I would that like, would be amazing. I would like that because it would only poke fun at the um, idiocy or the irrationality of of the stage that is the entertainment moment of the world. To kind of poke fun at that and to yeah. say to kind of prick the bubble of that look, ego would be look, awesome. Look, I would give Weird Al Yankovic full full creative license to use the backup dancers. Everything like that. You know, it would be great on, on Amish Paradise. What he could do for the backup dancers is have them be in, like, churning butter. And then they'd be, in the, they'd be like, dancing around the, the butter churners. And then you could have, for White Nerdy, they'd have, like, all of, like, the 90s, like, gangster-style, um, like, cars. And they'd be, like, dressed like nerds with, like, you know, the um, the um, short, short white, the short white button-up shirts. The and protectors. The po- yeah, come on. Come on. I like that. I've idea. seen Weird Al live, and he's such a good performer. Um, and the music is so well done. He's such a great singer, just just a, just a good singer. Um, that yes, I've seen him play like like an amphitheater with very minimal production, and it was funny, and it was it was most it was honestly one of the most entertaining shows I've ever been to. And I've seen a lot of bands, but I loved Weird Al. Weird Al, the halftime show, and look, people would be like, "Oh, well, he's silly." Yes, but were you entertained? Did you have a good time? That's all that matters here. So you've been pushing for Weird Al. I've been Weird pushing Al for Slayer to come out of retirement and play the halftime show. You um, can't have Slayer just go up there and be like, this one's called Angel of Death. Again, to point out just the idiocy of the halftime show, some of the commercials were funny. Some of them were quite scary. And some of them just made me, again, want to throw my phone at the TV. Speaking, of course, referring of the, to the Metaverse commercial. Uh, well, speaking of the Lord of the Rings trailer. Oh, did, did they play that at the halftime sh- or the um, Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah, that came out. That was one of the special uh, commercials. Um, and the only reason why I say the Amazon version of Lord of the Rings will be absolute trash because every remake that has come out in the last, I don't know, 10 years, every soft reboot, remake, and relaunch has been a complete trash. Yeah, there hasn't been a I, – I don't think there's been a good um, reboot or, or a good – um, re reimagining of any sort of 80s or um, 70s or even 2000s franchise because like the Lord of the Rings is the early 2000s. So because when, when you look at okay Star Wars the, um, uh, the the first one that came out of the new newer movies was basically just a carbon copy of A New Hope. You're not you're not you're not talking about the um um, um the prequels. No, I'm not talking about the prequels. The, the latest movie, the sequel, the, the latest batch of movies. Um, we look at the newer. Jurassic Parks, basically just a carbon copy of the original movie. Yeah. When you look at um, uh, what was it? Um, I don't hate the new Jurassic Parks, but I don't, the, I don't the, either. They but don't, it's the they're, same they're, story. They're not. They're nowhere near. And now, the first trilogy, um, two and three were kind of just eh, but that first one is a cinematic a classic, cinematic masterpiece. Um, and here's the thing: I don't, I'm real way over time, but the thing about the Jurassic Park films is that. Um, the CGI and the use of practical effects looks so much better from a 1993 film than the Jurassic World effects do. It's because they rely so heavily on it. Yes. Um, and the fact that I think that the 
the second or, or the Jurassic World movies are just aren't scary. They're just aren't in, intense. Whereas you show any, I think I saw Jurassic Park when I was like ten or ten or eleven when I first saw it. Seeing that the scene whenever it breaks out the cages and it starts starts destroying the jeeps, that's a terrifying, um, you know, very surreal moment, which you don't kind of get from the other movies because they're so fast and action packed. Like, well, Let's go, 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 blow stuff up, go, 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 go. But you when you have just this slow methodic just being stalked, and especially in the scene whenever the raptors are chasing them in the um, kitchen, it's just very just slow, like like almost kind of like what you got with with the first Terminator when it's like this, it's like it's stalking you. It's this, it's this threat that it's this threat that you can't kill because um, you, you, if you're a child, there's no way you're gonna kill a dinosaur, but there's this threat that, that you can't kill it or you get like from from the um 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 Ridley Scott's um Alien Alien franchise in the first film where it's like you, you, you there there's no dispatching this foe same thing with 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 like the Terminator there's no there's no dispatching this foe um and it builds that tension which you don't I, I never sensed in any of the other films because I, I guess they just couldn't suspend my disbelief well, enough. Maybe, maybe it's because we've seen this story before and we know how it ends perhaps whereas if you saw jurassic park for the first time the original movie you don't know how it's going to end whereas the remakes you know the story because you've seen it before because yeah. they're telling the same story over again with different actors and then the worst of all what they do is the, the nostalgia factor is that well because their movies can't stand on their own they got to bring in the old actors from the first movie because you know everyone else sucks in the new movie um and everyone says well joe you haven't seen the new lord of the rings yet yes but i have seen every remake that has come out in the last five years and they've all been trash especially with star trek because the two writers and the two showrunners who were involved with the new billion dollar lord of the rings thanks to Jeff Bezos of Amazon, are the same people who brought us Star Trek Beyond, which is a worse version of uh, the Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan. Because Star Trek Beyond is the same story, but told worse. Because not because Spock doesn't die in this version, Kirk dies. Because that makes sense. <laughs> and somehow Khan... Uh, we're, we're not going to get into it. But... I can tell it's going to be bad. I know it's going to be bad because you watch the trailer. You learn nothing about the actual story, what's going on. You learn that it's full of diverse and, you know, uh, racially equality of the characters. Even though when Tolkien wrote these stories, it had nothing to do with being racially diverse. It was a love story to England and to Germanic and Nordic cultures and the, uh, the uh, mythology. mythology of ancient Europe. It's... It has nothing to do with being diverse. You've got black dwarves, a black female dwarf. Now, if you do, I don't know, a minute of Google searching, you will realize that, first of all, all dwarves had beards, and the dwarves hid their women, not because they went in barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. It's because they valued them so much they hid them, and when they, went, when they would go out, they would be commonly mistaken for men because they valued them that much. And guess what? They weren't black. So the idea that you're going to have a non-bearded dwarf who's black doesn't follow the story, doesn't follow the canon of the Lord of the Rings. It's basically just taking a big shite on the whole thing. This would be like the equivalent of doing a doing a of a film about um, Egyptian mythology and having them all be played by German actors or Asian actors or, or, or Asian actors. There you go. Even better. Um, we're gonna cast. We're gonna we're gonna cast um, all 
Asian actors for for diversity points to play in a movie about Egyptian mythology. That makes a lot of sense. And the, the biggest difference, too, is that when Peter Jackson was uh, making the, the original three-movie trilogy, he said that he and his writers and his team said that we're not going to put our own ideology, our own politics, our own thoughts in this. We're going to try to be as true as we can to what Tolkien wrote. Whereas the writers, directors, and everyone involved in the new trilogy says, well, we want to make Lord of the Rings look more like it would today. That's not the point of fantasy. The point of fantasy and the point of these novels is to escape today's world. That's the whole point of it. It's not to reflect today's world. It's to say, hey, here's a different world that we created on our own that's an escape from all of this. That's not the point of it. And the, the arrogance of these people to say, well, we want to make Lord of the Rings look like today. No one's asking for that. No one has asked for that. Yeah, I don't understand who they're – we actually talked about this. I don't know who they're asking. I don't know who is wanting this. I don't know who they're trying to appeal with this because, um, as I said, um, Lord of the Rings nerds are more nerdy than, like, Star Trek. And they're smart nerds, yes, too. Yes, what I'm saying, though, is that, like, okay, um, normies watch Star Wars and Marvel. And then you go further to the right of, of, of nerdy and being very – Nerdy. Nerdy. And, and being very – um, niche, you have Star Trek. Star Trek is way more niche than Star Wars or Marvel. And then even further, you have Lord of the Rings, which is like even more um, niche. It's, an, it's another level of. You're nerd. not gonna get true hardcore Lord of the Rings fans to buy into your, to buy into your woke crap. And people who are woke are not gonna watch Lord of the Rings because they're not fans of the franchise. So who are they trying to appeal with this? Like, with Star Wars, I could kind of get because Star Wars is so universally um, accessible for everybody. Likes, likes it. Everybody can watch Star Wars and kind of get something out of it and understand what's going on. It's very accessible. Lord of the Rings is not very accessible, um, especially Star Trek. Star Trek is very not accessible. There's a lot of lore to get into about that. Um, I just don't know who they're appealing to. I, I don't so get it. The, the from the trailer, we get the idea that um, we, we, we won't. I, we don't have time. Anyway. Um, we don't anyway. have time for that. But thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Um, check us out on – well, there is no social media to check us out. I almost plugged social media that we don't have anymore. Um, actually, um, Facebook and Instagram sent me a notice saying, hey, you're, you're – uh, your accounts are scheduled for deletion in less than two weeks. Do you still want to do it? And I said, uh, yes, yes, I said, well, this is a yes, joke I can make, yes, but uh, yes. that I stutter. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, no social media to plug. Um, I will plug my um, Substack, libertyoverdrive.substack.com. You can read my thoughts and um, writings there. Best place to get in touch with me is there. Um, you also can email me. The show email is not up yet. I'm still, I have to get that up and running one of these days. Um, you can still email me at. Um, Email me, jacobstandards.protonmail.com is where you can do that. Uh, join the website, Patreon. Five bucks a month gives you early access to every single episode 24 hours earlier. Um, that's the best way to also support the show. Buy a t-shirt, Teespring store. You can also can, you also can, can email joe at josephstandridge1997, I believe it is. is at it, Proton Mail, yeah. Is it josephstandridge, all one word? Uh, Joseph.standridge. Uh, Joseph.standridge1997. at protonmail.com. Um, we'll be back here on Monday with episode 141. The big, the big 141. I said that everything's the big four, big four one. And guys, remember today's Friday, so make sure you guys have fun, 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 fun. Um, because you know we're all just having is, so uh, much fun. And what do they do? Is we go